continue on today in our sermon series, The Sermon, um, referencing Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, It can be found in Matthew's Gospel um, in chapters 5 through 7, and we find ourselves today in chapter 7, in verse 7 through 11. Uh, Hear now the word of the Lord. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me once more? God, we pray that we can hear something today that we need to hear through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray that we receive it with clarity and that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. After many adventurous and trying and challenging years, I finally came into this Christian faith in a serious manner in my early to mid-twenties. And to prove that I was serious about the faith once coming into it, I had to find a way to make sure that that other people knew that I was serious about it, right? So one of the first things that I did to to lay claim to my, my newfound Christian identity was... I had to start decorating my house with Christian-type things. And so we got this big wooden, uh, this big wooden thing at, at, a, at a shop in Myrtle Beach that said, As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. We put it right there over the door post there in the, in the kitchen. I had no idea where it came from in Scripture. I hoped that it came from Scripture. It sounded like it did. Didn't know the context, but I knew it sounded right. Heard other people say it. It's got to go above the doorpost, right? Uh, so after that, we get a couple of uh, paintings of, of, of Jesus, and uh, they find their ways in different places in the house. And then we get this, this other piece. This one was more ornate than all the others. It hung off of this wire, and all that said was, Ask, seek, knock. Again, I had no idea where it came from. I assumed it was scripture. It sounded like something Jesus would probably say. And so we put it on the wall, right there in the living room, above the doorpost in the living room. It was about this same time that Facebook was really starting to gain popularity. And one of the things that Facebook asked you early on when you created a profile was for some type of quote, some type of motto, some type of 
saying that could sum you up and what you believed in just a few words. And so I was setting up my Facebook profile, and I look there above the door post in the living room, and I say, aha, this is it. These people are going to know I'm serious about Jesus now because I'm going to put it on Facebook. And so my quote was, ask, seek, knock. Getting serious now. So not long after creating that ancient Facebook profile a couple decades ago, my first cousin, who is a beautiful soul who also happens to to be on the autism spectrum, he sent me a message. And the message read, Jabe, what does ask, seek, and knock mean? Took me a while, but eventually I responded, and as best as I could in this early part of my faith journey, I said, well, John, it means that if you ask God for something, God will give it to you. To which John replied, anything? Um, <laughs> oh, man. Just a couple of years into my new Christian walk, we got stuff hung up all over the house. We're decorating. We're putting it out on the Internet. People know we're serious about Jesus. But now I'm faced with my first ever theological dilemma. Anything, he asked. Cousin John may or may not still be waiting on my answer. Not having all the answers is okay, by the way. That's why we call it faith and not certainty. In fact, as we mature in the faith, it's probably better to have more questions than answers. Read the Gospels. Take note of how many times Jesus answers questions in relation to the number of questions that Jesus asks. I promise you, Jesus asks a whole lot more than he answers. With that said, there are times where through some theological wrestling in real life that we can come to say some things about some things with some level of certainty. Like, I'm confident in saying that Jesus is not a genie in a bottle. I'm confident in saying that that God is not a wishing whale. God is not your personalized yes man who signs off on anything that you ask for. And I don't think that Jesus is suggesting that God be like any of those things in the ask, seek, and knock part of the Sermon on the Mount. I don't think Jesus is anyway suggesting that that, that God is a genie in a bottle. And the distinction, friends, is found in the types of things that Jesus says that God will grant those who ask, seek, and knock. It's not anything that will be given, but good things. It's not anything. It's only good things. Good gifts. That's what Jesus says God gives when we ask, seek, and knock. 
there are times in life when we think that we are asking God for a fish, but God knows in our hands it's actually a snake. Looks like fish. God sees it for what it is. We think it's a good thing. We wonder why we don't get it. We think it's for our benefit, but God knows it's going to bite us. This is why my prayers for winning the lottery are still yet to be answered. (laughs) Jesus also uses the parent analogy, and it's a, a good analogy. Kid might come to you and say, Father, mother, this year for my birthday, I would like a two-stroke power band dirt bike. And if mom and dad know that the child is accident prone and bound to hurt themselves with the power band dirt bike, they're not going to get the kid the bike. Well, they shouldn't anyway. <laughs> they might get them a tricycle instead. And the kid may say, I asked you for a power band dirt bike, but you give me a tricycle? Don't you love me? Haven't you heard my cries? Don't you you understand my wants and my desires? But all the while, the child is given what is best for the child. Only good gifts. Only good things, things that would not do harm. It's like that with God. It's like that. But it also needs to be mentioned that because life is life, and because God does not intervene in every situation, sometimes we are given bad things that we did not ask for. Beloved, that is another sermon for another day. but it needs mentioning today, most days. Because a lot of us know that that is a hard truth of life. But with that said, there is one other thing that I believe stands out in Jesus' preaching on asking, seeking, and knocking on the mount. Without saying it directly, Jesus is implying that each of the three are important. You know, Jesus could have just said, ask and it will be given. He could have just said that, stopped right there. Or he could have just said, seek and you shall find. He could have just said that. Still a good message. Jesus could have said, knock and the door will be opened. Could have just said that. But he said all three of them. A lot of the time in our quest for the good things in life and in the seeking of God's help for the acquisition of those good things in life, we often get caught in one mode or the other while neglecting the other means for searching out God's help. What I mean by this is sometimes all we do is ask. All we do is ask without the seeking part. 
For some of us, we prefer or it is easier to ask for God's help with this and that and that and this. It's far easier to ask than to seek for some of us. All the while, we never go out and look for the places where God is already helping us with what we've been asking for. It's like the guy who was stranded in in the ocean, kind of like Pastor Katie's stranded in Virginia right now. (laughs) It's kind of like the guy who's stranded in the ocean, and God keeps sending them boats. And every time the boat comes, the guy says, no, I've already asked my God to rescue me. My God's going to rescue me because I asked my God to rescue me. And then, of course, the stranded guy eventually perishes And he enters into the gates of heaven and he says, God, God, why did you not come and rescue me? And God says, didn't you see I sent you three boats? It's like that. Asking without seeking can be a waste of time. Likewise, seeking without asking may be a waste of time. Many of us are wired or programmed to try to be self-sufficient. We do not need to ask God or anyone else for help. I see some of you spouses looking at your other spouse now. It's cute, I get it. You know them. We don't need help. We seek out all the answers we need. We can seek out all the good gifts that we need without asking for help because we know what is best for us. Seeking without asking is harmful because we may find ourselves grabbing for the aforementioned fish only to find that it was indeed a snake after all. Seeking without asking is harmful because we buy into the myth myth of the self-sufficient person who does not need God's provision. And buying into that myth of self-sufficiency will not only leave us surrounded with things that are bad for us, it will also leave us feeling endlessly empty. Yet the one thing that is probably lacking the most for all of us is the knocking piece. You know, as a people... Culturally, we, we don't knock on doors as much as we used to. Think about it. Some of us may even find ourselves upset when somebody knocks on our door now. I know I do. It gives me anxiety when I hear somebody knocking on the door. And pastorally, as somebody who's knocked on a lot of doors over the years, let me tell you, I get more anxious knocking on doors now than I ever have because it's just something that we don't do as much. We have all these doorbell camera deals that allow us to see who is at the door without us having to knock on it or even ring the bell. I was trying to find a dog's uh, owner a few weeks ago. The dog just shows up in my yard and I go around house to house trying to figure out whose dog it is. And at one point I'm having a conversation with somebody through their doorbell camera and they may or may not be home. They, they, they might be in Tahiti for all I know. But we're having a conversation at their door. It wasn't that long ago that if someone knocked on your door, it was for an important reason. 
unless they were trying to sell you a rainbow vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, like, if I knocked on your door, I really wanted to see you. It was more important than a phone call. If not more important than a phone call, it was at least more meaningful for me to come and knock on your door to see you in person. We even had different ways of knocking on the door. You remember that? Depending on the seriousness of your, of your visit or the purpose of your visit, like there was the regular, like, I'm here to see you. This is a cordial visit. I hope you answer the door. Are you expecting me? Either way, I'm here. And then we had the, the boom, boom, boom. Remember that? This is important. You owe me money. <laughs> then we had the playful knock. Remember the playful knock? Come on, come on outside. I'm here. Let's have a good time. Where's the party? We got all different types of knocks. And each knock meant something different. We don't knock on doors anymore. Scripturally, knocking is sometimes associated with persistence. In Luke's gospel, Jesus preaches a sermon on flat land as opposed to on a mountain. And in that sermon, when Jesus starts talking about asking and seeking and knocking, Jesus places an extra emphasis on the knocking portion. And he does so by telling a, a parable about a friend who shows up at midnight and relentlessly knocks on the neighbor's door, keeps on knocking. And the person on the inside in this story that Jesus tells is, is like the God figure, and the God figure says, go away, I'm already in bed. But the friend, the friend keeps knocking, 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 knocking. Then eventually, the God figure inside the house says, okay, I'm up now. Let me give you what it is that you're asking for. It is because of the one who is knocking's persistence that the one who is knocking gets what they are asking for. My question for us today is, how persistent are we in our conversations with God? How persistent are we in seeking the things that God would have us to seek? The good things. You see, in addition to, to asking God for good things, and in addition to seeking out God's good things for us, we should persistently be aggravating God to no end. But understand, God is not like 
your angry neighbor who will grow weary of your constant knocking. God desires for us to be that persistent. God desires for us to be that aggravating. God desires for us to just keep knocking. Hey, God, remember me? I'm still here. Remember all those things I asked for? How's that coming? I'm still asking. Can you tell me where I should go and look next? Is it over here? Is it over there? God, should I ask for something else? So long, friends, as we are persistently knocking on God's door, the channel of communication is open on our end. And that is a really good thing because the channel of communication is always open on God's end. So ask, seek, and keep on knocking. There are good things, good things coming your way by way of the giver of all things good. Let us pray. God, give us the courage and the willingness to keep asking and seeking and persistently knocking. And God, we pray that you never grow weary of our persistence. We pray, God, that we invest the time and the energy that is necessary for us to to get closer to you. And to receive all the good things that, that you have for us. In the here and now, and in the forever. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, and all God's people say,